Welcome to the Catholic Cafe, where Catholic truth is served fresh daily. We've made you a reservation in the luxurious corner booth, so come on in and see what's on the menu today. Now, here's your host, Deacon Jeff Drzezemski. Greetings and welcome to the Catholic Cafe. I'm Deacon Jeff, sitting in the luxurious corner booth of the Catholic Cafe. And uh, actually, we knocked it down a notch. It's, it's pretty luxurious, but we're dealing with a guy from Catholic Charities, so we had to kind of, you know, make things a little more meager and humble here. So, so that's why we brought him. <laughs> no, no syrup on the pancakes here, you know, just, just an active. Oh, yes, brotherhood. That's awesome. As you just heard the voice of Sam Ziggy Rodriguez, uh, Tom is um, getting, has a hair appointment today, and so he's working on that. Because we have those people in the... It's a hair, <clears throat> a hair appointment the with the Vatican. Yes. Yeah, they've got to be involved in, in Tom's hair for some reason. I don't know, it's a sainthood thing. Anyway, uh, we have Kelly Henderson. Kelly, I'm so glad. It, you know, it's been a while uh, that we've, we've had you as the executive director of Catholic Char- Charities of West Tennessee here uh, in the Diocese of Memphis, and uh, but I've been waiting to have you on the show yeah. we have lots of big questions to ask you well thank you it's an honor to be with you and i appreciate you dumbing it down i don't want to be scandalized the first no time this the show. oh that'd be terrible but we do have some tough questions i mean oh, yeah. ziggy's here has got some he's got a list of them hold you accountable uh we got hard-hitting expose that's right. about to happen here All people right, bring it yeah, exactly <laughs> uh you know like how is it you're able to afford that 2003 prius how is that <laughs> You know, what's what's going on? The, the big paycheck, right? Well, you know, Deacon, you can finance things for 84 months. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what. I, I do, I, you know, all kidding aside, I, I'm really glad that you're here because you do some pretty important work. Uh, and I know most people have heard of Catholic Charities. A lot of people don't realize that's an actual organization. Uh, a lot of people think like, well, Catholics and charity, yeah, they kind of go hand in hand. And Catholics have been doing the charity thing for 2,000 years, right? We see the evidence of it in, in early scripture, uh, talking about just, you know, taking up collections and, and all the stuff that they were doing back then and taking care of the widows and the orphans. And now, 2,000 years later, we still got widows and orphans, right? Yes. So tell us a little bit about the work that you do uh, there at Catholic Charities of West Tennessee. Well, uh, again, thank you for having me. Catholic Charities of West Tennessee is is focused here in the Diocese of Memphis, which is 21 counties between our two beautiful rivers of the yeah. Mississippi and Tennessee. Uh, within that area, though, we have some serious challenges around food insecurity and homelessness um, and opportunity loss. And so we are focused on ending hunger, ending homelessness, and providing opportunities for families to get a hand up. So you started yeah. with some pretty small goals. Small goals, you know, <laughs> big ones. Yeah, yeah, very small. Oh my gosh, yeah. eradicate of these. So items. you're hitting this head on. We are. We are every day because we believe uh, through our work that when we connect people in need with people who want to serve, beautiful things can happen and hope is born, and uh, that allows us to change one life, then a second, then a third, and we are ending hunger for that family, or when we are ending homelessness for that family, and so we focus on one person at a time, one family at a time, and we do that about 40,000 people a year, and so it's just a tremendous blessing here in West Tennessee. You say West Tennessee, but I mean, pretty much everybody's got the same situation wherever you go. And it's true. You know, we've got some uh, wonderful abundance in our in our community and in our nation, uh, but we also have uh, some long term poverty uh, poverty issues in our country uh, that are structural in nature and, and just really long term. And so, 
we've got to find solutions, but those solutions start with the people in the pews yeah. coming together and helping out. And Catholic Charities is across the country. There's 167 different Catholic Charities member agencies across the country. And collectively, we are the largest charity in the country. And it's the folks, the faithful, that make that work possible. But you're all independent, is that correct? We are. We're all independently chartered. Uh, we're chartered within the diocese where we serve, and so we all work directly with our with our local bishops uh, to really deliver on uh, his passion and goals for the community. Uh, and we have a wonderful bishop here in Memphis yeah. who believes in uh, really helping uh, the folks on the margins. And so that's that's kind of a principle of subsidiarity there, like being able to zero in on the individual issues of a particular area as opposed to having, let's say, nationwide the same cookie-cutter solutions for what's happening in a, a diocese that's mainly rural versus mainly urban and things like that. Is that correct? You're exactly right, Sam. And the, the real three big themes for Catholic social teaching is the human dignity, dignity of the human person, solidarity and subsidiarity and we do believe that that we have to involve local communities in the solutions if those solutions are going to stick we are trying to work ourselves out of a job and we do that one family one neighborhood at a time so you've talked a little bit and and people would hear catholic charities and and the first thing they would think is like well there are there are a bunch of poor people there's a lot of poor people every every country's got them every community's got them and and we need to help those people but i think um, a lot of times, uh, we all know that whatever city we live in, whatever area community we live in, they're like the neighborhoods we don't go into, right? That some of us don't like to drive into those neighborhoods. We don't, or we don't find ourselves in those neighborhoods because we don't work in that area, and so we don't live in that area. And and there's there's kind of a uh, an invisibleness to some degree of of some of these folks. Tell us a little bit about these the people because you work right in the heart of some of these neighborhoods. We do, and I think uh, you you use the word invisibleness, and I think that I made that a, up. I don't know that's if that's a, a real word. You know, that is a key term. Let's see if we can create a verb here. All right. Um, so, um, one of the the greatest challenges with poverty, and particularly around homelessness, is the the fact that people do feel invisible. Yeah. Uh, when someone or someone is a, turned into an other, the other, the problem the thing that we don't want to look at um, because it is a difficult thing to see many times, um, that invisible nature can form. And so that creates lasting uh, scars on a person's life. And so one of the things at Catholic Charities, we're focused on presence and connection. And so building trust-filled spaces where people can be themselves uh, can uh, we can meet them where they are and remove that barrier or that title of other, and they become Joe, they become Jeff, they come become Sally. Uh, we get to know each other face to face, name to name, uh, and that creates an opportunity for encounter, and that encounter leads to solidarity, which leads to outcomes. Uh, well, I've heard uh, somebody say that. Uh, the primary, the principal suffering of the poor is not a lack of money, but it's shame and disgrace. And I'm kind of hearing you sort of restate that in a way. Do you think that is that a fair to say? I think it's a big, uh, it's a big restraining force on someone's life to be able to uh, recover and get back on their feet. Is that uh, that shame, that disgrace, that disconnection from the safety nets that we all have around us. I mean, think about it. You could probably, you you need more than the 10 digits you have to be able to tell how many people are in your lives that you could reach out to in a time of need. 
And when someone loses those connections, it makes it very difficult to be able to bounce back. And so Catholic Charities builds that bridge and becomes one of those connections. We become an extended member of their family to try to find help and connection and resource uh, in a safe space. You mentioned the, the three driving principles of Catholic social teaching. We talked a little bit about subsidiarity. And right. we also, I mean, now we're talking about human dignity. It is. And just yeah. elevating people to that level of, of being a child of God and recognizing that no matter the, the skin color, the culture, the, no matter the, the language uh, or the, the financial circumstances or where they live, a child of God. We Not are, to be forgotten. Absolutely. We're all made in the image and likeness of God, right? You know, that is a truth. And I have yet to meet someone that God doesn't love as much as he loves me. I've always been amazed at how I'm, and I shouldn't say this because it makes me sound awful, but how surprised I am to find out when I meet people who, who I might have considered the other, right? We all kind of fall into that, uh, that, that temptation sometimes to think in terms of that and find out, like, this is an amazing human being. Yeah. Right? There's some serious love and just, just like, I'm so glad I had this encounter. Does that happen to you a lot there? It does. Um, you know, I, I've been blessed with a vocation to be able to work with the poor on a daily basis uh, and the most vulnerable in our community. Uh, and that encounter is, is real. That encounter is uh, the face of Christ in them that I see. But at the same time, we as Christians, we are called to make sure that people see the face of Christ in us as well. And so that encounter creates this relationship um, that's very Trinitarian in nature, right? Yes, you yes. Know, and, and, and incarnational as well. We're talking to Kelly Henderson. He's the executive director of Catholic Charities of West Tennessee. And Kelly, um, we, we've gone through three, two, of those, uh, two of those driving principles of social yeah. teaching. Now, we, let's talk about solidarity. How does solidarity work in, in your work at Catholic Charities? Solidarity is a powerful, powerful principle. And in my opinion, I think it's the, the, the primary principle in Catholic social teaching because it requires us to go that a little further. Um, we can, in truth, say, okay, we are all made in the image and likeness of God. That's hard to dispute. We can all say, yes, we need to involve the poor in the decisions that we make on their behalf from the subsidiarity standpoint. But solidarity means that I've got to get next to you. I've got to get close to you. I've got to be in experience with you, not just to and for you. And so um, once, uh, someone described it to me once that, that just gave me a light bulb moment. He said, when you can be angry with someone, you can cry with someone, you can laugh with someone, you are beginning to be in solidarity with that person. Right. The key is the with. The with. That is the key is you are in, you are in an experience, a shared experience with a person. Um, and solidarity is, is key uh, in our work. So uh, I've heard it said that service is actually like sometimes just providing services can be othering, so to speak, right? Because it's like there's that line between service provider and service recipient. And so uh, we have to think, I've heard it said that we can't, we have to think about it in terms of the ser service being the hallway, but the ballroom really being kinship. And I feel like that's another way of stating what you're talking about in terms of solidarity is it's not it's not just some sort of an idea of connection it's a embracing and recognition of a kinship connection that we have with each human person as children of god right and it moves us beyond the surface the surface we may have sympathy for someone's plight um and we feel like we need to have um an impact on a positive impact on a person's life because of that sympathy or even empathy where we can relate to that person's plight uh, but the reality is, is when we're in experience with them in that plight, um, that changes the that changes the playing field. 
that allows us to um, to really walk with a person in their life to find um, to find a solution together because you're in it with them. So, Kelly, is uh, Catholic Charities of West Tennessee going to start providing gasoline now? Because I, I, have you seen ah, the prices yeah. at the pump? You know, I have, and uh, and that's a that's a big one there. Um, that's gonna that's a little bit above my pay grade. Yeah, but, I get uh, that. But but all kidding aside, I uh, I know that the the, the country is uh, encountering inflation like sure. unheard of in forty fifty years. Uh, and it's really a challenge. And I know that everyone listening, everyone who hears our voices right now is experiencing that inflation. But I imagine that's even tougher on those that, that already didn't have the necessary uh, means. And so how does like something like that affect what you guys are doing? You know, it does have a direct impact on our work from a cost standpoint because we have to source enough food to feed 40,000 people a year. We yeah. have to source... Uh, enough resources to provide the household items and goods for the folks that are moving off the street into their own apartments. But we have so much generosity in in our communities, not just here in Memphis, but across the country. And I believe that if we reach out to people and say, let's do this together, then those strategic reserves of peanut butter and jelly appear. You know, we have an opportunity to do that. And let's lean on the goodwill of the community. We do not hesitate to reach out and ask for help. I mean, we're... We are looking at global crisis in, in a lot of different ways, uh, and people are so generous in coming together. They're also doing that on the local community level. I think there is there are plenty enough resources out there. Uh, we just have to, to help people to connect their resources to their local community in a way that makes sense for them and then involve them in the process of working within their community, and we are then building strength for the future. That's beautiful. And I've been watching your work uh, here of late, and you're doing some amazing things there at uh, Catholic Charities. You've got some amazing folks working for you uh, that are really – you're reaching out into the community in in remarkable ways. I've seen where uh, there's so many schools and organizations that are getting involved that maybe not wouldn't have thought before. And you're you're talking about the the solidarity part of this. You're really putting people face-to-face in some of these situations describe what that's like for uh you know when you get a when you get a a, how how does a school for instance get involved in some of the work that you're doing yes um that that is a key driver in our work is community involvement community engagement uh last year alone we had dozens of churches involved we had over two thousand individuals involved in our work local businesses local schools you mentioned schools can do underwear drives yeah. Schools can do sock drives. I don't think um, we're allowed to say underwear on EWTN. We're, we're going to have to yeah. check. Yeah. You may have gotten beeped. I don't know. Yeah. All right. So we're going to beep drives. <laughs> so uh, under under uh, uh, under undergarment drives. <laughs> necessities. Right? Now, you know, yes, clothing the, necessities. Yeah, clothing necessities. Uh, sock drives. <laughs> toothpaste. And these are, you know, people don't realize what we take for granted, right? Being able to go down to the store and get a new bag of Hanes right. and whatever. And uh, when you're on the streets or when you're in a, a, a more difficult situation uh, with me, you, you don't do that. You don't have that. And so these are highly sought-after items. It's liquid they gold. And-, and there's actually a commercial on TV, and I can't use the name of the company because they're not a sponsor of your show yet. <laughs> um, but they do talk about the number one thing requested uh, from people experiencing homelessness are socks. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, the number two item requested are undergarments. Yeah. Um, and then they make generous donations to the community in a, kind of a buy-one-get-one approach. Those things we take for granted, right? We take for granted the fact that if we want a sandwich, we go open the fridge and we put some cold cuts on a piece of bread. Um, We've got one group here in town that is about to make their 100,000th sandwich for us. Um, 
And that started with a couple of guys and a couple of gals working in a local community kitchen to make a few sandwiches every week. And what started out as 300 or 400 sandwiches and now 100,000 sandwiches. That's the power of community. Uh, they now have a drive through drop-off where the people that started it are not making sandwiches anymore. They're delivering truckloads of sandwiches. And that's so they're incredible. flagging cars down that are dropping them off every week. That's how schools can get involved. That's how churches can get involved. Many hands make light work. That's beautiful. One question I have. So I know, obviously, let's say some billionaire comes in, he writes you a check for some unimaginably huge amount of money, like a billion dollars, $10 billion. Now, obviously, it's going to take a lot of time to pray and discern about how to use that money. But out of curiosity, you know, what's the first thing that comes to mind in terms of, I know I'd want to take a huge chunk of that and put it into blank. Is there some particular thing that you, if money was no object, you would love to put it into first? Well, Sam, I love the way you think, because uh, that would be a tremendous challenge. By the way, if we have any billionaires listening right yes. now, <laughs> you can visit uh, ccwtn.org, there you go. and, and there we, you can, go. we can take care of that. Um, I think looking at the uh, generosity and philanthropy is, uh, is, is obviously required for, for any charitable work, right? The goodwill of people and their willingness to, to, to reach into their pockets and make that work possible. Uh, we would invest in, in uh, what we need today to address the, the, the hard-felt needs in our community, but we would also involve the community in, in that conversation. I'll use this as an example. A few years ago, I had a conversation with a very generous donor who was looking to make a legacy gift. They were planning for their future and said, mm-hmm. we want to leave some money behind for the things that are passionate about us. And the conversation was around a food pantry this volunteer had been volunteering in for years and i said uh, tell me a little bit about your experience here and she was i've been volunteering here for 15 years i love this place I said you know how much how much it costs to run this food pantry she said no and i said it's about two hundred thousand dollars a year she goes okay okay that helps me as i'm thinking through this and i said what's that over five years she goes that's a million dollars and i said if you gave me a million dollars today do you think i would open a food pantry in this neighborhood she goes, I don't know. And I said, that's the questions we need to be asking. We need to be talking to the community. How do we invest today to address the need? But how do we invest for the future and involve the community in the solution so that we're not needed in 20 years yeah. in this community? Because solving those problems are not, you, you know, Sam brings up the, you know, the billionaire, you know, who gives a billion dollars or whatever. Again, CCWT. On the <laughs> exactly. We'd never say no, would we? But let me just say this. Uh, we know that money is not going to solve all these issues. And you've talked about some things like the solidarity part of it is really profound to me because it involves like human to human interaction, right? This, this connectivity that that goes far beyond uh, you mentioned the word resources. And, and, and sometimes people see that as a, uh, you know, as a financial thing. And the reality is it's not, I mean, the, the greatest resource is our humanity and human dignity. And that's the, uh, that's what we should be dealing with here. And, and so I think the average person listen, listening who's probably not a billionaire and is thinking, I, I, I want to get involved. Maybe I don't have any, any interactions in my life with people that I, that I haven't carefully chosen or selected, whether it was on purpose or not. But essentially, I live in a, in a certain kind of a bubble, right? right? A lot of us do. And how, how do I break that bubble? How do I get out? And, and, and come face-to-face with, with, with the other people of God. Yeah, well, I think finding a trusting organization like a Catholic Charities in your local community is one way to do that. 
there are some great charitable organizations. And if it's not Catholic Charities, find one that you connect with, that you that you agree and believe with their mission and vision. But the power of human connection is tremendous. And so getting involved begins today. And a lot of people hesitate to get involved because they say, how can I possibly be a part of that solution? The problem's too big. Yeah. I could not get in there and fix that. I could not. That's not what we're trying to do. The power of human connection will be amplified with your hands and another person's hands and another person's hands. And then the entire community is embraced around the challenges facing it and can work together to solve it. So get involved today. Find a local charity volunteer and it will change your life i promise and one of the cool things is you know we've all heard that age-old story that's uh you know the little kid on the beach with all the starfish and right throwing them in it's like the guy's saying you're you can't get all these stars you can't save them all it's like yeah but i can make a difference for this one exactly right so you when you have that encounter you're you're making a difference you're making uh, a difference that like in the cosmic realm is infinitesimal Right, because we're part of eternity at that point. We're taking place. So the the little bit that we do is magnified beyond our our possible imagination uh, in terms of being uh, helpful and beneficial. Exactly, and the work that we do, you know, we're in an instant gratification world, right? You know, we yeah. want we want those results. I want to hit the button, and then some response comes back. Um, we get that, um, but we also realize that the investments that are made today. You may not see the dividends of that. You may be making a lasting impact on someone's life that's going to pay off five, ten years from now. And that may be just what they need to get up when that day is too hard. And so making those investments now, that power of human connection, is real. And yes, be generous. Be generous till it hurts. Yeah. Um, we need generosity as well. But give of your time as well as your talent and as of, your, of your treasure and that will serve our, our community, that will serve you and change your life, but it could just be what's needed to turn someone's life around. And there's so much to be done. There, there are so many uh, folks in the community that are uh, just experiencing desperate, desperate times, made even more desperate by some of the, the terrible financial stuff going on in the world right now. Um, but this idea that these these uh, people need help it, that that's that's you know Jesus said the poor will always be with you right right and, he didn't and so, say the same poor though yeah exactly well as you're right we can we can we can have an impact um, but I know that a lot of times we talk about how uh, we're helping the poor or helping these people but isn't it amazing and how incredible in in your line of work how they help us. Right, that there's a, there's a benefit to those who are getting involved. Back to the solidarity part. Right. This is why we need human beings involved in this because there's there's a benefit like to me when I get involved. Right, and that benefits more than just a feeling of goodness and a feeling of look what I did. I was able to help someone. That benefit is life changing for you as well because you're moving beyond serving. You're moving beyond doing something for someone. You're moving closer to the person. I'll give a shout out to um, uh, Pope Francis's latest encyclical. I think he's listening right now. Came I'm out. pretty sure. Holy <laughs> pretty Father, sure. you'll I mean, he's not missed an episode yet, right? <laughs> I, I would imagine. <laughs> uh, Fratelli Tutti that came out a couple of years ago, and it's uh, this entire book's about solidarity. And uh, toward the end of the book, as he closed, and there's a lot of stuff in this book that you wouldn't expect from Pope Francis. There's a lot of stuff in it that you would expect from yeah. Pope Francis. But the, the question on dialogue and, encounter, and what he calls an encounter of culture, 
uh, is, I think, really important uh, for Catholics to read today. But he closes this book talking about kindness. At the end of the day, it's about being kind. Mm. Um, it's not about having the better mousetrap. It's not about having a deeper pockets or having a, a better moral compass. It's about kindness. And uh, he says, and I quote, kindness frees us from the cruelty that at times infects human relationships, from the anxiety that prevents us from thinking of others, from the frantic flurry of activity that forgets that others also have a right to be happy. Yet every now and then, miraculously, a kind person appears and is willing to set everything else aside in order to show interest, to give the gift of a smile, to speak a word of encouragement, to listen amid general indifference. Kindness, it begins there. That's solidarity, the essence of solidarity. And at Catholic Charities, we try to build a bridge. We try to build a bridge between uh, folks in need and folks who want to be kind and give back. And when when those folks meet on that bridge, the work begins. That's amazing. And and notice it's, uh, uh, I love that paragraph you just read, and it's like, uh, it's kindness that frees us from all that other bad stuff. It doesn't say, you know, if we can put some more money to it, uh, if we can get some more, you know, sweat you know, on the brow, and we can all roll up our sleeves and get to work, and, and that's, that's good stuff, right? Uh, and we need those resources, but the reality is, it's this, it's this change of heart that I think he's after, that I think speaks truth, because that ultimately that kindness is essentially just another way of, of saying love. I love your little bumper stickers you hand out, you know, serve love. Right. Because uh, that's what you're serving. Yeah, right? and, and love's difficult. That's what we're called to do. But it is very hard to love someone the first time you encounter them. You have to move toward love. And we can all move toward love by beginning with kindness and beginning with encounter. And then in time, that love forms. That's that's beautiful. So we're talking to Kelly Henderson, who's the executive director of Catholic Charities of West Tennessee. You have done some amazing things uh, there, uh, just in a short period of time, and and we hope there's going to be many more years of uh, of hard hard work from Kelly Henderson. But certainly, all the folks that work there, give us a shout. You need to give them a shout out. Those Absolutely, we have an amazing team. Uh, our local team here, our our, se- our leadership team, our staff. We have forty paid staff on our team. Two thousand volunteers. And a lot of our folks that we partner with throughout the community, they are absolutely amazing. So find your local Catholic charities. Yeah. Get involved. Get to know your team. Become part of their family. That's and beautiful. And I promise it'll change your life and your community. Amen. And they're all serving love down there at Catholic absolutely. Charities at West Tennessee. It's an awesome thing. Kelly, thank you so much for being here uh, and uh, spending time with us. Uh, and, and you know what? I think also in all the great work that you're doing, we've got to have help. Uh, that's that's of a supernatural nature, but certainly uh, even the Blessed Mother is going to bless this endeavor. So let's ask her to intercede on our behalf. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now at the hour of our death. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Catholic Cafe. If you'd like to contact Deacon Jeff, send him an email at deaconjeff at thecatholiccafe.com. Visit us on the web at thecatholiccafe.com. You can also find us on iTunes or follow us on Facebook and Twitter. The Catholic Cafe is brought to you by the Order of Malta Federal Association. Join us again at the Catholic Cafe, serving up salvation one cup of coffee at a time.